Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. Today we are in week four of our sermon series called The First Letter. And again, what we're doing in this series is taking this five-week journey through the earliest known Christian document, the book of 1 Thessalonians, to see what it is that this ancient letter has to teach us about becoming better, more faithful followers of Jesus in our own time and place. And to get into what it is that 1 Thessalonians has to teach us this morning, we are going to be turning our attention to verses 4 one through six. But before we dig into the text itself, let me give you a bit of background regarding what Paul's doing at this part in the letter, because I think it actually brings some clarity. So in keeping with the form of ancient letter writing, so everything that Paul wrote was in this particular form, so you can kind of follow along. What Paul is doing after he addresses this church directly, which is what happens in chapters one through three, is he then transitions into the next part of the letter called the excursus. And what happens in the excursus is after Paul said all that he needs to say to the church, he then gets really practical by telling them how to live their lives in response to what he has just taught them. Or basically what he gets into is what it looks like to follow Jesus in their time and place. So Paul begins and he says this to the Thessalonians. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God as in fact you are living. Now... We ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this, and the important part here is more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Or basically, as you can see, what Paul is telling this church to do is not only to continue to do what they've been doing, but to always be working towards taking their faith to the next level. Or what I understand Paul to be saying here, it's not enough for these Christians to just do what they've always done, even though for the most part they've done an amazing job. This is an absolutely amazing church. No, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, is they should always be working towards getting better. Which in turn is a logic that Paul really brings to light when he says this, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Now, as you read the rest of this particular teaching, it's quite clear that what Paul's talking about here when it comes to sanctification is not to get caught up in sexual immorality. Or he continues, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. Or in this instance, the process of sanctification is about remaining faithful or not getting caught up in the sexuality or the sexual immorality of the Roman world. And it was predominant in that time and place. But the really, really interesting thing here about sanctification, when you do some research regarding this concept in regards to what Paul means when he talks about this particular concept, what you're going to discover is sanctification is actually way bigger than just sexual immorality. No, in a big picture kind of theological way, sanctification is actually a process we all have to embrace if we want to live into God's will for our lives. And to see this, let me just walk you through verse 3, because I think verse 3 gives us a perfect picture of this. It says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. So the simplest way to think about God's will 
is to change the word will to the word want. Because practically speaking, and very simply put, what the Bible is getting at in a thousand different places, where it talks about God's will, is it's talking about what God wants. It's just an easier way, I think, for most of us to understand what uh, Paul is saying here. Which then, of course, begs the question, well, what is this sanctification? What is this thing that God wants for lives beyond just sexual morality? Well, to get into this theologically loaded word, basically what sanctification is, is the process of becoming holy. And what it means to be holy is to become more and more like God. So, so really all sanctification is, when you break it down to kind of its most simple way to think about it, is the process we go through as Christians of becoming more and more like God. Or sanctification is the process that begins once we're saved, right? After we give our lives to Christ, where for the rest of our lives we give ourselves to becoming holy. Or maybe to think about this in another way, given it's football season. Sanctification is kind of like the process that all college football players have to go through to become the best athletes they can become. And that when these kids arrive on campus, they usually don't just walk out on the football field and start tearing things up right away. No, for most kids, what they got to do is for the first couple of years, if they even want a chance at seeing the field, is they got to give themselves to the process of getting bigger, faster, stronger, and smarter. Or if they want to become their best, they got to buy into this process that their coaches have set up for them and give themselves to that completely and totally. And what that looks like in this day and age, it's not an easy thing for these athletes. It's not only do they got to put the time in in the classroom, right, to make sure that they remain eligible. And these are college courses that we're talking about here. So it's not easy. But then every single day, they got to lift weights. They got to run. They got to practice. They got to memorize the game plan. They got to watch film. They got to stick to a meal plan, which is crazy in this day and age, but that's how big this thing has gotten. Or for these players, they basically have to eat, sleep, and live football from four to five years to become the best football players they can become. Well, in one sense, that's what sanctification is all about giving ourselves day in and day out to doing what we need to do to become the best Christians we can become. Another way to think about the sanctification process is by comparing it to the maturity process that we all have to go to, go through to become adults. In that, not only is there a physiological processes that our body and mind has to go through as we grow into adulthood, but there are things that we have to do. There are foundational habits we have to create to get to the point where we're responsible enough to actually do what needs to be done to thrive as an adult in this world. Because as you all know, being an adult is a lot harder than being a kid. And I don't know about you guys, but there are some days when I wish I could go back to being seven years old. Anybody have that feeling? I don't want to go back to being 13. No, everybody I talk to, nobody wants the teenage years again, but they'll take it earlier than that. Yeah, well, sanctification is similar to that in that after we become Christians, we don't stop because that's all that's required of us. No, it's a process we have to work through for the rest of our lives as we strive to grow in our faith, as we go from being baby Christians to becoming fully mature Christians. Okay, so so now that you guys have the big picture that sanctification is this process of becoming more and more like God, let me now show you uh, the practical or get into the practical by by sharing with you um, some some practices that, that all people have to give themselves to if they want to grow in their faith. Or to go back to our football example, right? Just like football players have to give themselves to the practice of weightlifting, cardio, nutrition, all of that kind of stuff to become the best they can be. There are about five practices that I think all Christians have to give themselves to if they want to become all that God created them to be. 
Oh, and by the way, we believe in these practices so much, we have made them our core practices as a church. So they should sound familiar to you. And you're going to be like, well, wait a minute, we've already heard this, Josh. And my question, to, or my question to you will be, well, are you doing them yet? And the answer for most people is going to be no. So this is a hearty reminder to all of you uh, about what it means to practice this. So for me, the essential practices we all have to develop to advance in this process of sanctification or worship, study, serve, give, and share. And if you don't have this memorized, write it down and memorize it because it's going to be foundational to your faith. Worship, study, serve, give, share. That's what you need to get. Now, what is meant by worship here, generally speaking, because it's a complex topic, is opening ourselves up to and connecting with God, which of course can, can happen anywhere and at any time. But more specifically, what that practice looks like is not only making it a priority to join us every Sunday morning, but, but it also means developing a prayer life. And the reason why worship is so important for a process of sanctification is because worship is one of the main ways we go about growing deeper in our relationship with Christ. Or just like in any relationship, we've got to spend time with that person we're trying to get to know and connect with. In a sense, that's what worship is all about. During Sunday morning services, this is our chance to set everything else aside, right? All those worries go by their side, and we focus in on what's most important, connecting with God. And then during the week, to keep that connection strong and our relationship growing, we've got to create a habit of prayer or simply set aside five to 30 minutes. It's not a huge deal to talk with and listen for God. Do this core practice, and there is no doubt you will grow in your faith. I don't know a single person who commits themselves to this who is not growing and doing relatively good things for the kingdom. This is a foundational piece. Essential practice number two is study. And basically what study is about is not only learning about God, but it's also learning how God is at work in our lives and in the world. Or just like you have to learn certain things to be good at your job, study is the process we have to give ourselves to, to learn what it is we need to learn to go out and do great things for the sake of of the kingdom. Or to get how important this is, just think about that one person you worked with that didn't know what they were doing. Anybody ever work with someone like this? <laughs> Not here, of course. Everybody knows what they're doing. Jill, get your hand down. <laughs> right? And so what happens if you, if you put that into the system? Yeah, it just doesn't work. It causes everyone else to suffer. Well, the same goes for being a Christian. If you want to do it well, you've got to learn how to do it well. And what study looks like, it's not a huge deal. It's to simply set aside five to 30 minutes a day to read scripture, to read books about scripture. In this day and age, listen to scripture. You, we've got it all on our phones, right? There's spiritual podcasts. There is a million different ways that you can get connected every single day to continue this process of learning what it means to follow Jesus to the best of our ability. And again, if you do this practice, you're going to grow deeper in your faith. Don't do this practice and you'll kind of stay where you are and maybe even go back a little bit. Essential practice number three is to serve. And basically what service is all about in a big picture kind of way, it's becoming like Jesus. And then when you look closely at the life and teachings of Jesus, what you're going to discover is Jesus didn't come in the world to be served. What did he come in the world to do? To serve, which means Part of the sanctification process that we've got to work on, which is hard and inconvenient for all of us, is we got to go from being inward focused, where it's all about me, myself, and I. And let's be honest, that's all our default position. That's the way we start. But we've got to get to the place where we're outward focused, where we use all the talents and everything that God has given to us to make a difference for the kingdom. 
Or it's about waking up in the morning and instead of thinking about and only dwelling on yourself and what you've got to accomplish in that day, but it's waking up determined to make a difference for the kingdom and for others. Or it's about doing what you can as you go out into the world to make things better. And practically speaking, what we hope that looks like for all of you is, first of all, you'll find a place to serve in this church as we're going about doing what we need to do to serve this community. Because the more people who serve in this community, in this church, the better we can be at serving the world. And secondly, what we want you to do is find a place outside of this church where you give yourself to kingdom work. You know, think serving meals, stocking shelves at the food bank, serving nonprofit boards, volunteering at your kid's school. We don't care what it is. Go find somewhere to get involved and make a difference for the kingdom. And even at work, what we hope for you is you're not just doing your work for the money or because you have to. Let's be honest, a lot of us do that. No, what we want you to be doing is giving yourself to this cause, to this thing that God has created you to do for the sake of his kingdom. And a nice side effect of that, a nice benefit of that, is we get paid enough to live a pretty good life too. If you'll change your, your, the way you see your work, it will change the way you think about your work and how you live every single day. Again, give yourself to this practice and you will grow deeper in your faith. Essential practice number four is giving. And what we mean by giving is you take a portion of what God has given to you, whether that's a little or a lot, and first of all, we hope you'll give to this church to help us better minister to all of you and to our community. And then secondly, we want you to go out into the world and find a cause or a mission that you're passionate about, right? And give what you can there as well. And all because, just like in the business world, it takes money to do it well. The same is true for this church and all the nonprofits that are out there. Or if you want to see this church grow and continue to thrive, if you want that particular cause that you're a part of to do great things, then the part that you have to play in that is being generous with all that God has blessed you with. Because remember, God has not blessed us just to bless us. God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing. And I believe the more that you have, the more that you're called to bless others with what you have. Or if you really do want to become more like God, a big part of what it looks like to, to live a life of generosity is to become more and more like God. Because really, when you think about it, our God is the most generous being in the universe. Everything that we have, all that we are, everything that exists is a gift from God. Or just to get a sense of this gift, I want you guys to go... You, don't earn, you didn't earn that. You didn't make all of that happen, right? Now, you have to use what you have been given as a gift and go out and do great things, but that's not yours. That's a gift, and that points to the generosity of our God in every single part, minute detail of our lives. So do this. Do this life of generosity, and you will experience sanctification. And then last but not least, which is something we already talked about in week two of this series, essential practice number five is sharing. And of course, what we mean by sharing here is telling others about our faith. But again, before you go off the deep end and think about, oh, he's going to talk about that again, let me remind you, the most powerful way to share your faith in this world is not by using words, but by how you choose to live and treat others every single day. 
St. Francis put it beautifully right. Go to the world and proclaim the gospel and if necessary, use words. Because the truth is, if you actually live this way, if you actually treat people the way Jesus treated people, people are not only going to see that, but they're going to feel it. And when they come to you in their time of need, right, that's when we get an opportunity to share. Or because you're one of the only ones who actually cares about them, that they're not just a number to you. That opens up so many different ways where you can say, hey, you know, this is how I got through that situation. I hold on to this God with everything that I am. Here's where I find purpose and meaning, and here's how you can have the exact same thing. And you don't do it by cramming it down people's throats or anything like that. No, you simply share who Jesus is and what he means to you and then see what happens. Or that, my friends, is a part of what it looks like to live a life of sanctification or to live a life where you don't just stay a baby Christian forever, but where you actually give yourself to becoming more and more like God every single day. Because just like Paul was trying to teach the Thessalonians almost 2,000 years ago, the same is just as true for you and I today. Because this is what God wants. This is what God wills for all of us. Do you see that? This is not just something that's thrown in there. This is what God wants for every single one of us, that we don't just stay where we are, but we're always working to get better. And then the really good news in all of this stuff is this is not just a self-help kind of thing where you go out and do these practices and your life gets better. No, what the process of sanctification really is about, in my mind, kind of at the deepest levels, is we do what only we can do, right? We put our effort and energy into worship, give, study, serve, share, those five things. And then what happens is the Holy Spirit, that God, meets us in this process and helps us to do what we can't do by ourselves, gives us the strength, the energy, whatever it is, to go out and do what he is calling us to do. So it's really simple when you think about it, right? Worship, give, study, serve, share. We can all do that. We can all fit that into our routine. And then when we do that, that's when God shows up and does amazing things, right? He'll use even people like me. I promise you, nobody thought I'd be standing on stage talking to people one day. I promise you that. And so if God can use me, he can use you to go out and do amazing things. And amazing things doesn't mean you're, you're known by everybody and all that stuff. No, it can be as simple as just helping someone out. It be simple as buying someone a meal. It can be simple little things or big, huge things. But you got to give yourself to this process of sanctification. And if you will, it'll change your life for the better. Let us pray. Father, again, we come before you this morning so grateful for this book of Thessalonians and all that has taught us over the last four weeks. But today, specifically, Lord, we're grateful to see that this process of sanctification is there. We're grateful that this is what you want, this is what you will for us, and that you don't will us to stay where we are as we are, but you want us to get better and better. You want us to become more and more like you by creating these habits. And then when we create these habits, that's when you show up. That's when you you take what we have to offer, which is not much, and you use us to do extraordinary things. So Lord, help us to, to put all of our excuses away, And jump into this sanctification process with everything that we got, not only for your kingdom, but also so we can live into the lives that you have created us for. It's in your name and for our sake that we pray. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.